Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. A quote for today. They say the early bird gets the worm, but it's the second mouse that gets the cheese. One of my, my favourites. You're like, oh, yeah, I, I like that, that one. one. That's, yep. that's Stephen Wright. Um, and uh, just a, a thing, just a, if we want to talk about buzzkill, in 1985, the four unicorns of Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus were declared to be only goats with surgically implanted horns by federal inspectors. Talk about breaking the dreams of children. The circus was ordered to stop advertising them as unicorns. There we go. We need more unicorns in our lives at the moment. But in the meantime, we do have Caterina Borsato on the phone. And I'm doing a bit of a Headley Gritter because this is the sort of intro that you're sort of used to when you come on the radio. Buona Pasqua, Cam, to you and your gorgeous team and all the people listening out there. Uh, it is a different Easter this year, isn't it? It is a different Easter. Um, mm-hmm. I know. You, you had um, you had a bit of a oh, a bit of the same with the, the ritual of um, Good Friday. And before we actually go into this, I need to introduce you properly, Caterina. Uh, Caterina Bussotto, um, the patron of uh, one of the, the finest city lunchtime places, one of the greatest front of house hosts in Australia. Oh, 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 gee, that's a bit much. No, 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 you, you are. I mean, I've, I've seen the way you work a room. You have eyes in the back of your head. You have radar antenna. You know people's needs and wants sometimes before they even need it. You know where to direct staff and uh, you know that Table 17 have been waiting for approximately six and a half <laughs> minutes too long for their main course. Am I right? Oh, you've got it. You've got it. You know what? The thing is that, that service is is as important as anything else that, that will define your restaurant. So, yeah. you know, the fancy fit-outs, the amazing food, the amazing chefs, all that. But it's all got to come in together, a bit of symbiosis happening to get it right. Because you can have all the elements right, Cam. Yeah. But if you don't get the servicing, which is where your frontline <laughs> workers are, what are you doing? You lose them. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, absolutely. So you're like a conductor. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Well, um, that's the I, nice I way like of putting string. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I have to say, Cam, yes. I, I received some beautiful messages to this morning and I said to them, for me to walk into my beautiful dining room that uh, we turned 25 this year, oh, really? for me to be walking in there with um, no voices is tragic because, of course, the the whole thing about any restaurant place, it's about the people. Yeah, it's the life. It's the life. And I walk in and I can still turn on the candles and the music and the chef comes in (laughs) and we talk. But you know what? It's not the same. It's not the same. So it's a very, very different uh, time for all restaurateurs. And uh, as I said, we've all been talking and communicating because this is what when you see that Melbournians come together mm-hmm. and it's got nothing to do with competition or whatever. We just want to keep our city safe 
because we all need to uh, remain um, as a, you know, financial so we can reopen yep. and do what we love. Mm, absolutely. And um, and I think one of the, the – there's one thing I just really want to touch on and um, – uh, I'm I'm not sure the the makeup of your your staff. I've seen a lot of your front of house staff in the couple oh. times I've been fortunate enough to be there, um, but we really have to make mention of uh, visa holders and uh, the raw deal that they've been given. Oh, listen! I hope somebody from the government is listening to this program <laughs> because, for God's sake, they make up mm. such an important part of our industry and. You would think that just like they pay their taxes and bring skills to our industry, that they should be treated in a proper manner. And I have to actually sing out here to Danny Vallant because Danny Vallant has been an amazing agitator for this group. She set up a who's, website. Who's Danny Vallant? Just, just uh, from from the age, from yes. the age. She's a food writer Dorothy and Dixie a friend there. of the. Yeah, she she's uh, she's been. Uh, for me, the gun in this whole story because she's been putting out not just for the visa holders but for a range of other um, issues uh, which involving hospitality, understanding, you know, things like the job seeker, the job keeper, where do you go for grants, all that stuff. But she's been out there pushing the boundary for uh, visa holders and she she actually did a story last uh, Saturday in the A, so yesterday, a week ago, mm-hmm. And from that, Cam, I have to tell you, I was at the restaurant because I go to the restaurant every day just because I need to fill my headspace. Till four o'clock. Yeah, till four o'clock. And, Mm. you know, free coffee there for anybody, anybody who wants to cry on my shoulder. But I have to say, (laughs) this woman... A social distance, of course, yes. I know, I know. They cry from afar. But, you know, Cam, what was amazing, this, this gentleman, who must have been in his 80s, had seen the article and he comes in and he hands me a hundred dollar note and he said to me, "That's for any visa holder that needs to eat," and just popped it on the bar. And I just thought to myself, "Well, there are people like it's not that he really knew me or knew the people I'm talking about, but um, a really, really important thing that we we don't forget this group of people. Absolutely." Change dot org, um, a petition that uh, I think Danny was. Uh, well, instrumental in organising. That's got about 40,000 um, uh, signatures on it and people, yes. um, myself included. And uh, because, well, I don't know. It, it, okay, well, I, we're going to move on to happier things. But just to finish off, because um, these people came here, uh, they've been brought here to work to fill in um, a gap, uh, yeah. to work for... Um, look, I'm not sure the wages they work for, but uh, uh, they've been doing well, the things. The right wages. The right... They have to work for the. They have to work for the right wages. As you know, I have sponsored quite a few people, mm. and let me tell you, you have to have a very sound business and business structure, and everything's got to be in place in order for you to be able to sponsor somebody. So that's the first thing. You had so one from you Canada, have to pay didn't the right I had one from Canada, but he was actually just a casual visa holder. Yeah. And let me tell you, when I let him go, that, that actually did make me cry because, you know, there was nothing I could do for him. Uh, anybody who's had all their income in the industry, restaurants, we were just forced to close, of course, um, which was the right call by the government. But, you know, suddenly it takes away any ability to actually 
have any any responsibility towards people that you feel that you're responsible for. And, um, you know, that, that, that was just heartbreaking and marked. There's been a few of them. But the thing is, if the government could just, just give them enough so that they can actually have some dignity in living here and paying their rent and eating, that's what should be happening. And I, I, I'm just absolutely surprised. And I know there's been a bit of an outcry, Cam, with people saying, well, you know, you should be employing Australians. Well, let me tell you that we look for skills which may not be here or there's not enough of them because there's so many restaurants and cafes in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, and, and more than that, it's, it's people wanting to come to our shores and there is a shortage. Make no mistake about that. If, if they're saying to you there's lots of Australians, there are not. And that's why we employ them because we need to run our businesses in the most authentic way possible. And we do look for those skills, yeah. Yeah, and uh, anyway, we've uh, I think we've we've dragged that. If you want to go to change.org, um, please do. Um, if you uh, care enough about it, maybe talk to your member of parliament. Uh, I'm not sure, but I think uh, we've given them the the raw end of the pineapple to uh, to use an Aussie expression. How was your Good Friday? You well, had the buckle, but- yeah. We did. I was just thinking when you said the raw end of the pineapple. Of course, the Italians would be having fiki dinia, you know, those prickly pear things. But oh, oh. We, we can't even go out and get them. No, no, we oh, can't go out and get them. Sorry. But forget just, that. We're sticking with pineapples in a can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, dear. So um, hey, um, tell me, first of all, um, bacala is a very, very important dish. What is yeah. it and, and why is it so important and why is this a thing that becomes a staple on Good Friday for Italians and I'm assuming, I'm making an assumption, uh, Catholics? Yes, well, absolutely. Well, um, you know, for the Italians, it's always been a part of my growing up. Like, all Italians do not eat uh, meat on Good Friday. And so this is no. a ritual yeah. that, you know, that the, the, which has been part of all our lives and it's something that they were brought from, from Italy, and so it's something that they can, you know, uh, continue their traditions here in Australia, which is amazing. The Melbourne AZ rocks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I have to tell you something really funny because I was listening to Red Simons. He was being interviewed on one of the shows. Um, I don't know whether it was 3AW or the ABC. I can't remember. Yeah. I think it, I, I recently. Be the ABC. Just recently. Oh, and okay. he says. Oh, I went into Piedimontes, which is my local, um, and there was one solitary bacala hanging up there. Mm. And I, I must have got the tail end of his conversation, so I raced in, and there I saw it, and, of course, I, I purchased it immediately because I thought, I wonder whether there's a problem with the stock coming in from overseas. So, because normally they'd be lining up. And so anyway, you, I purchased you, it. Yeah, you jumped into the Caterina mobile. <laughs> yep, boom, and boom, and I got it, and then I, I took it up to my mother's about a month ago, mm. and because there's a big, a big procedure in preparing uh, bacala. Yeah, only like um, about thirty part... changes of water to. Oh. Re- you have to. It's okay. It's a dried piece of fish. If you hit somebody with it in the right way, you could probably knock them out. Um, probably. Yeah, I've got and, a few of those in line. Yeah, yeah and so then you've got to reconstitute it, and you have to get the salt out of it. Correct. Correct. Okay. So, well, there's, there's, I have to, well, t- to be fair, if you're from the north of Italy, 
that's what we use, which is a dry salted codfish, which is normally Norwegian, um, and it's, it's cured in such a way that it's air-dried. So that's yes. the one that you see hanging up. Of course, in the south of Italy, they have a preference for the, the softer s- one, which is uh, cured in salt. The softer so one, yeah, it's not dried. Yeah. yeah, it's not dried. So, same fish, but they still have to cure it, but, but not as long a time. So what you have to do, I was talking to Stella, my mama, and I said, Mum, just re-remind me what you do, because it's something that mothers do. Kids cannot make bakala. It, it is a tradition that the mothers do this, mm. and what they do is they soak the bakala in water, changes of water twice a day for at least eight days. Okay. And then, now let's not be... Um, masochistic here, but however, hmm. it is the man's job to then get the bakala and with a mallet, melt the hell out of it, right? <laughs> to to break up the five fibres yes. and soften it. So, um, you know, that's just the way it is. You know, mum did that, dad did that. That's, that was the law in our family, uh, and still to this day. And, uh, and, yeah, and then, so that's the important part, and you get rid of the water because it's quite smelly because it's been, you know, it's dried. And, uh, and, yeah, and then you she breaks it up, cuts it into small pieces, and then she freezes it and then takes it out when it's ready to, to be cooked. So the actual cooking process might only take two hours. But it's all in, in the curing process, which is very, very important, yeah. And then you make a sort of, you can make, if I'm right, and we've only got a couple of minutes left, a, um, yeah. a kind of a, like a, a dip type thing that you then spread onto bread or how is it? Yeah, serve? that's the mantecato. That's the mantecato, which is really popular in Melbourne, and all restaurateurs can do that, yes. where they get the reconstituted fish yeah. and they beat it with olive oil, like like making a mayo. Yeah. And it's incredibly beautiful. So it's a mulsified um, sort of thing. Yeah, got it. Absolutely. And uh, and it, it's incredible. But the Italians do like the baccalala vicentina cooked with the milk and the onions and the potatoes. So that really becomes a very, very full-on dish. And it's, it's amazing. And normally we would go to Gambaya Park, wow. um, which is what we did since uh, 1978 when they first opened the park. And then, unfortunately, um, it's no longer a place for families. It's a theme park now. So now we do it at home. And, it's, yeah, it's just changing, you know. Life, life changes for all of us. And that. yet. Some things remain the same. Um, we've got about a, a minute left, Katarina. It is Easter Sunday today. Yes. I know that you haven't got the family around because that's a big part about Easter. But uh, what, yes. are you, what are you going to be doing for the rest of the day? So I'm, I'm eating the leftover bakala that my mother sent <laughs> yes. down to me tonight. Good. But um, I am actually going to be dropping off some eggs to some people that – uh, need to have those eggs. I'm putting them on the doorstep and I'm just going to be really chilling today and I'll be communicating with my restaurateurs and chefs and friends and family. It's a time that we can actually converse. So we have time with this COVID-19. Now's the time that we can read books, that we can actually have a discussion on the phone, which often when we lead busy lives, we, we never have time to do. So it's not such a bad thing. And my gorgeous daughter, Allegra, has been experimenting with ramen and all sorts of stuff. So oh, how did the veggie ramen go? You, you were talking hey, about... Jam. Yeah. It was damn, damn good. Yeah. And we even drank it with... I had wine. She said, you don't need wine with ramen. I said, that's it. I'm doing wine. It's Easter Saturday evening. It was really, really good. And we did the paste and, you know, and... I took your tip of adding in the dried porcini, and you were right. <laughs> bit, bit, of, bit more umami. Katarina, mm. I'd like to, because we, we have time to speak, uh, we have to stop this now, unfortunately, but we want to speak with you again soon. 
All right, my darling. Happy Easter to you, the crew, and all those beautiful listeners out there. Oh. A la prossima. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Katerina. Ciao, 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 ciao. Oh, don't you love it, Caterina Bossato from Bossato, uh, Caterina's Cat- Cucina Bar. Well, what are you show and tell? Mini show and tell. Oh, mini, it's a little mini show and tell. First of all, happy Easter Sunday. Thank you, and the same to you and everyone out there. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit strange. I, um, I'm feeling strange for sure because I was really, really looking forward to having um, Easter with mum and dad. Yeah. Um, because Dad's going to be 94 soon and um, Mum's 86. So, and, and we're all Joe getting on. And Nancy, just to put it yeah. into a bit of context for people. And, and uh, we're all getting on. So, we always think of the past and think of the future as well. So, yeah. you know, it would have been lovely. But I had a little bit of edges left. So, we, we decided to come in and clean up the benches, only Sammy and uh, myself. Yeah. So uh, there are not a lot of people around, but probably just a little bit after lunch we'll tidy up and get out of here. And Joey, your son, what are you sleeping in? Yeah, sleeping in. Yeah. Uh, apparently he got a quiz today of all days. I don't know why. He had one good Friday as well. What do you mean he had a quiz? Well, for, for one of his units, for, he's doing engineering, so yeah. he's got a, um, a short test on, on the internet. Oh, Easter um, Sunday? Well, what are these, a bunch of heathens? Don't forget that the course is full of a lot of um, people not Australian, yeah. not Catholics, so you have to go with the times. I guess you do. All right, well, I hope he does well in that, uh, in that test. This is a unique day for both of us because this is the very first time on an Easter Sunday I've been standing here talking with you, so that's... Um, a little bit odd and uh, and and a bit of a, a, a groundbreaking experience. Yes, there's um, there aren't a lot of people here today. No, but there's a lot of people that would normally shop on a Sunday morning coming mm. through. So a few regulars, a few regulars, and we've found that in the last two or three weeks since things have really battened down, that it's our regulars that are keep us, keeping us going. It was good yesterday. It was good yesterday, yeah. uh, and. Um, I'm having a brain freeze Thursday as well. Um, But, yeah, it could have been a lot better because I still see people queuing up outside supermarkets and um, pushing and shoving, and they had a little bit of order here. They had the fences up. Oh, yeah, for the very first time they'd um, closed off the the dairy or the the deli hall, and there was only one way you could get in, and they were monitoring the the numbers, and same with the meat hall as well, which, um, which is good. Well, yes, they were respecting the distancing laws and mm. limiting the amount of people in the dairy hall so that it wasn't overcrowded yeah. um, because we're no different than anyone else. We have to do it right. So they did. It was a little bit harsh, but you have to do these things when things are hard. And let me just state the obvious for everybody out there. You know what, folks? You come to the markets, the prices are better, and the fruit, I'm going to generalise here, and the veg is generally better because it hasn't been on the shelves for so long. That's a true generalisation there? Definitely so. And also you can pick up a lot of different things that you may not find in some of the smaller shops uh, or the bigger supermarkets for that fact as well. Mm. And one of these, my British, beautiful little beetroots, um, I I felt sorry for it because it was sitting alone behind the tomatoes. How big is it, Cam? Tell me. It's uh, it's the size of a very very small apricot. Yeah, it's a bit just a little than bit a... bigger than Cameron's thumb, and a little bit bigger than a quail's egg. 
Yeah. <laughs> so we, we get, we're talking pretty small. It is a little bit small for my likings, but yeah. if you've got 20 or 30 of these and you've boiled them and put them in a jar, they look so majestic. And you pull them out and you either serve them whole mm. uh, in the salad or cut them in half and throw them through the salad. And they really give that colour and beautiful um, brightness. Vibrancy. 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 That's what I was looking yeah. for. And, and you know what this is? Sorry, I was just sort of flashing back on this. This sort of reminds me if we were in a, in a sort of flash fresh re- French restaurant and you'd have a few of these peeled, and they'd be sort of like a little, what do they call it, boucachier or vegetables, and with a little <laughs> bit of uh, butter glaze on them. But, uh, hey, they're, they're, they're beautiful, and I reckon, yeah, pickled, they'd look awesome in a jar. They would. And also we've got big ones um, that you can slice up and make a salad and um, enjoy, even though it's not real hot anymore, like Franca said yesterday. Baked. Yeah, baked. Love baked beetroot. Yeah. Frank has said it's not salad weather anymore, but still we're hey, eating salads. Come on, well, I had a gin and tonic last night, so, you know, that's <laughs> right. we, we can dream, can't we? Definitely, definitely. <laughs> Tell me, um, Easter, I mean, it, normally what would be happening in a, in a normal year around, you'd be at your mum and dad's place? Yes, definitely be at mum and dad's place with um, the cousins. Um, these days, only about 10 or 12 of us at the table, Christmas and Easter. Only, yeah. Yeah, well, we had in the yeah, 70s, 60 to 90 people at my grandfather's house. It was a revolving door. Yeah. Um, but that's what good families are, you know. You, your friends and extended family and mm. and the whole street, we all jump in together. The orphans. Yeah, The definitely. rat bags. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. There's room for one and all. Yeah. We, all, we have that saying, there's room for one and all. Mm. And are there sort of dishes that you... That just defined the Easter period for you when you were when you were having Easter together. Oh, definitely. Um, we always start with our homemade salome, like a, our homemade uh, brisotto, which is a parma ham, mm. our own sausages, our own bacon, um, and then you know um, we have the special dishes. Of, we have prawns and we have uh, stuffed chicken sometimes, or just roast chicken, mm. and all our second is always a pasta. Sometimes, excuse me, <coughs> we get lucky and it's a handmade pasta. Yeah. And Joe was rubbing it in. Ha, ah, no, no, made handmade pasta. You're not getting any. Oh, thanks, thanks, Dad. Uh, yeah, yeah, and um, it's a special one because it's rolled with the fingers and mm. um, it's called the cavatelli. We call it truffle. Oh, in our the cavatelli. Yeah. And it's got the little rigate on there as well, so it's rolled on the fork or it's just the cavatelli? No, 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 it's rolled on the board with the fingers and the yeah. three fingers make a big groove in it. Yes. And then uh, we have the ragu, the sauce is made with um, oxtail or um, some other nice beef cut. Yeah. And, and you know, then you eat. And then we eat. Oh, my God. And then, and then comes out roast potatoes and pumpkin, of course, yeah. and roast chicken. And, oh, my God. And then um, after you've put all that away with a few drinks, mm. they clear the table and it starts again with desserts and stuff. Oh. So, yeah. But there are a lot of other dishes that, pop up sometimes and we don't always do them just make it that little bit extra special yeah. and there's always our pickled um, eggplant and stuffed tomatoes and god knows what else all the cheeses come out as well during yeah. the main meal and then the uh, and then a little bit of montenegro or some averno just to just to help digest it all oh definitely yeah, yeah. even some holy water sometimes Woo! holy water no that means grappa in case you didn't know folks we've been talking about the holy water for a a few years now. Yeah, it goes well in a coffee. Yeah, oh, I love... I'm just 
like 15 mil, not too much. No. Because too much spoils the coffee. Definitely. But a half a shot, which is 15 mil, there is something about the way that the grappa and the coffee interact, and it's one of the most delicious smells. Better than brandy. Yeah, definitely, because... um not knocking brandy. Brandy's uh, a great base, and it's different flavour. And it's wood aged. Yeah, wood so aged. So you get Whereas that. Whereas this, this is um, distilled. Yeah, but oh, they're all distilled. But the thing is, with, with ways, a grappa, there's no there's no wood contact. Yes. So it's just pretty much we get the alcohol. Hey, check this out. Pretty much, huh? Yes. Yes. Sorry, I lost track then. Yeah, I know. Uh, hey, <laughs> and look at you. Look at you. You're a bit. This is you're funny today, John, because it's a little. I'm bit... out of sauce. I, I know. Really am. I know. I know. I can feel. Because it. you know, when you have your heart set on doing something, yeah, and it doesn't happen, we well, sort and of. And you're a go-ahead kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? But we're here. We're happy. I can't complain. Right. I've had uh, some beautiful coffee. I've had homemade cake. I've had a donut. I've had some lovely people come and well, say from, hello to from me. From American. From the American Donut Kitchen. Double stuffed. Yeah, definitely. Oh, definitely. I don't even have to ask for it, mate. They know. And I've had some beautiful people come up and talk to me and uh, ask me how life is in general so mm. what else can you ask for so you've got to be happy well and, and again this is another thing that is so beautiful about this place or any open air market that we have around here victoria farmers markets it's about the relationships that the customers have with the growers and the people and vice versa definitely because it's a big it, thing. it is a big thing because it's part of our life and it's a way of life as well mm. um you know, we, we like good food like a lot of other people, not just us, so I keep getting reminded about that. Mm. But, you know, we get out there and we try to pick the best out of the wholesale market and uh, even the growers that deliver direct to our stalls um, yeah. always bring us some beautiful stuff. Like yesterday morning, one of the boys from Werribee delivers broccoli here and um, um, my neighbour Stephen brought it over to me and Santino said, no, no, not the one with the cross. I said, why not? He said, it's got the baby shoots. And I said, but that's what I want. You know the side yeah, yeah, shoots of a yeah, broccoli yeah, yeah, plant yeah. because they're a little bit younger? Yeah. So, yeah, we, we can get it all and, and it's lovely. It's like broccolini before broccolini. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't have much time for broccolini. Whoa, um, why not? Well, you know, when it's got to be really vibrant and fresh, and if yeah. it's not, it looks tired. Uh, the flavours change, flabby. If the stems are long, yeah. um, they can be very fibrous. And I've actually seen people chop the head off and just cook the head and chuck the stems out, and the stem's the best bit. Oh, my God. If, if you find it's fibrous, just peel it back, Good guys. thing there's not an Italian nonna there at the oh, table because you'd, be, you'd be dead. Because even with the big broccoli, when it's got those <laughs> long stems, mm. you know, you shave it back and, and there's more flavour, more texture in the stem than the head of the broccoli. Yeah. And when you're making a stir-fry, it actually holds up better or, than it... Or, or even if you're putting it in a soup, it doesn't go all over the place. Yeah, sang choy bao. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Nice. Um, all right, well, what have we got? Oh, God, we've, we've been talking for a while now. Um, first of all, uh, your tomatoes. What do you got? Oh, that's big. It is big. I brought two different tomatoes. This is smooth skin. It is a smooth skin. Yeah, this um, is what I would normally say is a Doncaster, but on steroids a bit. Yeah, this is a different variety. He kept on saying to me, no, they're all the same, they're not. Yeah. This other one is a kidney-shaped one. 
and, and unfortunately both of them have a blemish yeah. and we call them ugly tomatoes but they yeah. are the best tasting yes um and you see these little black spots on it what happens is the cold air settles on a tomato the sun comes out in the morning and frazzles the water burns the skin okay. it's yeah. on the outside Mm. So these we sell half price. They taste the same as the beautiful ones. Some have to have the pretty ones. We've got something for everyone. Mm. But the flavour is really exceptional. I reckon it peaked a little bit later this year because we're... Um, oh, so it was weird. It was yeah. weird. Yeah, we had yeah. this weird growing season where, yes. the, where the sun didn't come out or there was dust in the air because... We had fires. Might have to remind some people about that. Yeah, we had fires. We had heat. We had rain. We had wind. You we name had it, we got dust. it all. Yeah, we, we had. We, we had what life serves us. We're waiting for the frogs. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, God, oh my God. Yeah. Um, sprouting garlic. You've got here. Yeah, but look, look at this sprouting garlic. A lot of people say, "Oh, shooting! I don't want it." Yeah, but this one's huge. It's got very, very big pieces on it. Yeah, and they're really and they're tight. And it's tight and yeah. it's doing its job. It's shooting because yeah. every vegetable's job is to make seed and mm. this is what this garlic's doing, thinking of the next generation. It's the botanical imperative. That's right. Mm. Now, I say to people with the shoot, you can still eat it as yeah. long as it's not exposed and it's dried out the whole piece. Oh yeah, because it can take the energy yeah, out of the... Yeah. Yeah. This is still just as good as any other garlic. And unfortunately, we're coming to the end of our local season because we've been eating, eating, eating and eating some more. You said that a couple of weeks ago, but yeah, you still yeah. found some more. Yeah, I found some more. This Very one came point. out of South Australia. Most of the other stuff we had was coming out of northern Victoria. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we had prawns the other night and, of course, um, mm. a, a lot of garlic went into the prawns and it really made the dish. And the smell of and the, the kitchen. Smell. And, and, and like the colour. This, this has got a purpley... Um, magenta, you could even say hue on it. Yep. Um, very magenta. Yeah, it, it is very nice. And they, these guys didn't trim the hairs off, which is unusual. The Victorian ones have always got the hairs chopped off. Mm. Does, um, does that make still, any difference? No, not really. Yeah, it's I just, just an aesthetic. Ma- makes it look scruffy for me. Yeah, but yeah. garlic can be scruffy. I don't so know why, but it reminds me of a terrier dog. Yeah. A wiry haired dog. <laughs> Actually, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. the only thing. Um, <clears throat> let's just do a quick pick of the market. Uh, pick of the market, it's still salad time, so we've got beautiful salad mixes and uh, baby spinach and uh, rocket, which we don't normally talk about, which is sad, because they all make beautiful salads. Yeah. We've got the beautiful red radicchio there as well. And I actually saw someone cooking it on the TV the other night, and Franca said to me, why is it you never bring me a big one like that girl just chopped up? Because I normally take the small ones. So so I had to get one this morning and put it away for her. Um, And did you? I did, I did. I put it away. happy? I know, I haven't taken it. I'm going to take it to it tonight. I'll say happy Easter, darling, and see what happens. Here's a big ridiculous. (laughs) Do something amazing. What's she going to do with it? I, I don't know. She she might make a risotto with it. Yeah, we talked this, about this, that in the past. This girl was making um, um, a risotto, but she didn't use rice. She used pasta. She used little little detali tubes. That's not risotto. No, but no, you know, it looked magic, though. Hey, God, you know? Look at me. I'm turning into Italian. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Huh? Yeah, yeah. I'm almost going to shake my finger going, what are well, you doing? That's not risotto. I'm, I'm glad to see that response from you. I really, really am. It's made my day. Um, but, yeah, yeah, you name it, we've got it all. We've still got some beautiful hand-picked beans here. We've yeah. got some fresh garden peas. Um, a lot of people said they were going to take them home and throw them on the table rather than uh, open them up and throw them in a pot. So... Um, when they're fresh, you oh, open them up and have a feed. Yeah. Um, that, that's something we used to do on a Saturday night when we went home. You know, you take 
two or three kilo peas home and throw them on a table and everyone would pod them and to go into the pot. But yeah. half the time they'd be eating them because they're, um, so, good. they're so good. They're just yeah. bursting full of sugar and bright colours and the, the, even the fragrance of the peas is beautiful. They're nice and sweet. Yeah, um, and it's a sensual thing. Yes, you know, it is, definitely. That, and it's, it's therapeutic. It's Yeah, you, you, you're not thinking about your problems when you're doing no, that. No, definitely, especially no. when you're stand, sitting around, not standing around, having yeah. a few laughs as well, and, and then some idiot throws one at someone, and, it's you know, on. it can be on. I've seen it happen even with the oldies. Yeah. And, and at the end, it's a big laugh, and say, like, oh, what a waste of beautiful peas, but hey, not too many got thrown, thank God. It, it's okay. Uh, yeah, we had some beautiful bullhorn capsicums. Um, they were oh. lovely for a salad or, or to grill. Yeah, I, I had some. I, I roasted some up, and they were, oh, my God, they were so sweet. I sent you a picture of what I you did. did yeah, you and did, I, And you I said, did. my God, they were so sweet and incredible. And I've saved all the wrinkly ones for Franca because I know she'll put them under the grill. Yes. When they're wrinkled, they don't burn or sparkle. Yep. And they're easy to peel. Yep. But you can use fresh ones. That's not a problem. Mm. But um, this one peeled magnificently, oh, yeah, by don't the they? way. But they're thicker texture, th- uh, thicker flesh, yes. better texture, more flavour, more sugar. Mm. Um, but beautiful in a salad as well. Mum's got them growing along the back door, and when she walks past, she picks them and eats them. Um, wow. Yeah, so all the veggies are there. We've got an abundance still for today. All the fruit across the road looks spa- uh, special. It's uh, sparkling, really. As that's what came out first, mm. and that's true. Because all the colours are just so vibrant. They're looking um, good. Oh, God, look at the bananas. Two fifty. Bananas, dragon fruit. There's apples. Four or five varieties. Four or five citruses. Last of the nectarines. Last of the nectarines. Yeah, I had yeah. some in the fridge, and yeah. uh, I had four left, and I ate them all at once because I was starting to go a little bit brown, but still worth eating. Yeah. Uh, these have been stored probably a little bit better than what I did, so they'll still mm. be pristine. A little, bit of, little bit of marsala with the nectarines is kind of nice. Yeah, and um, I gave the Fajayas oh, a mum pick to Robbie. Robbie's selling them for me. They're nice, though, they marsala. Yours? Yeah, they're mine. They're, they're, all the big ones are gone. There's a few little ones there. Oh, because we I took a picture of you, too, and I was giving you shit about, you know, man, wife, and the... Yeah, yeah, know, I the, saw that. The stuff I saw you that. give each other and all that yeah. stuff. And someone was going, oh, my God, the Fajoyas. So they're yours. Yeah, they're mine. They're, my mum's got a tree up the drive. Mm. Um, with the storms, a couple of big branches uh, leaned over and cracked, so she picked them all. Yeah. But normally she'll uh, put them in a garage and walk past and eat one or even do them, um, soak them in masala like even you do with a the tamarillo. There you go. You remember when we might have said that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, I don't like them, though. My hay, hay fever makes me think that they're perfume, so I don't eat them. Fair enough. But well, a lot of it. people make, like you were saying, in that mm. upside-down cakes and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, saw that. Yeah, yeah that, look at the, those, the goldsmiths in the Gippsland. Yeah. Yeah, they were all over it. They were all over the bloody thing. I, I, didn't, I don't know, margarita. Shows <laughs> <laughs> uh, where, where my mind goes sometimes. <laughs> anyway, listen, I better go back because, I don't know, time flies when you're having fun, John. It Thank does. you, as always. You're welcome. Um, a very, very happy Easter. And a safe Easter. Yeah, and, and here's to all the family being together for uh, the next Easter. And I'm well, sure. I'm thinking that in a month's time, you know, days and dates don't mean much. We'll all sit down as a family again. It will happen. It will happen. The sun will rise. The sun will rise, it will shine, and we'll all be in good health. That's it. All right, that's a good thing to finish up on. John, as always, thank you very much. And again, a very, very happy Easter Sunday. Please um, send my regards to all the family. I will. Thank you to you and yours as well.
And I raise my glass to you, Seb Rayborn of Anthogen across there in beautiful downtown Geelong. How are you, buddy? I'm I'm very good, actually, Cam. I, I know it's a it's a pretty strange time, and I don't know that I can sort of say that every day. But today's a good day. Oh, great, great. Yeah. Um, what's uh, made today a great day for you? Tell me more. Well, a couple of things. Yeah. You know, one we we've, we've decided that. You know, we're going to kick on with Anthogen. Obviously, it's pretty strange times at the moment. For those who don't know, you, you can't buy food-grade ethanol in Australia anymore. It's all moved to the production of sanitizer and for the medical industry. So there's going to be a very strange time in local gin production for the How does that, future. Sorry to cut across you, said, but for, yeah, for the, uh, the, the bloke in the street, how on earth does that work that say, all right, I want to make some gin... Uh, I need booze. How do you normally get the booze? Where does it come from? So we work with really, really, really clean, you know, food and pharmaceutical grade ethanol that's oh, well, really neutral. Of course. It has, uh, you know, not a lot of flavour. And then we use that as a blank canvas to really paint our recipe. Yes. And most often Dervla's recipe of flavours and botanicals onto. And so when that canvas is not available, mm. then we're, you know, not going to be doing any painting. Got nothing to paint, man. But what we say to that is no. No. This is, is, you know, it's it's Easter. It's a time of rebirth. And you know what? Let's let's continue. Let's build our distillery. Yes. Let's not let this stop us. Yes. Let's, you know, take a little more risk. And so work began... This week, cutting the floor at the Anther Distillery in North Geelong. So we're really excited, a little bit frightened. Wow. But we're, you know, our still is ready and waiting. So once the build is done in four weeks, we're going to turn it on and we're going to make some sanitizer because there's still massive shortages and shortages with all the frontline healthcare and other workers, police and stuff mm. like that. So there's still huge need. And also, uh, you know, we can make it for family and friends and hopefully we can make enough for anyone else as well. But it also means that we can, when this is, when we move out of this, we can go back to making what we love, which is, you know, tremendous Australian gin. Can, can I ask a question that would, uh, uh, just from, the, from appearances, probably sounds a little bit flippant, but um, I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, are you going to put any botanicals in a hand sanitizer if you make it? You're going to make it. Are you going to make it pretty? Or? Oh, look, there's, there's a couple of pieces to that. When we when we make stuff that um, would go to anything to do with medical or aged care, yeah. then you can't add any flavouring. You can't you can't uh-huh. do that because you have to follow the World Health Organization guidelines. Yeah. But when you uh, make stuff for people to use at home, yeah. then you're sort of allowed to. So we're, we're working that out at the moment. We're hoping to have a little bit of answer. Uh, maybe not flavoured, but aromaed the sanitizer because you know that'll be delicious. The uh, limited edition sanitizer can. <laughs> and um, any? Uh, can you give us sort of? Again, this is flippant question, but um, yeah, what sort of areas would you go? Because um, it's weird here at Triple R. We have. Um, I don't know, one, two, three. I'm just looking around me. There's about five different sanitizers and things around. Um, there was a thing by the sink, um, a Dettol um, flavoured with raspberry of all things. And it was like, oh, oh wow, that. that smells really nice. Um, but 
if you thought about which way you might go? And sorry to take up so much time talking about this. In terms of flavour, I mean, for us, you know, we, we love juniper. All of our gins are, yes, yes. you know, massively juniper flavoured. So juniper, definitely. And the other thing, Citrus. we do love some of the Australian native botanicals and a little hint of eucalyptus. Mm. It's beautiful in our gins and it'll be glorious in a sanitizer if we make a flavoured version thereof. <laughs> and and what about strawberry gum? Oh, but it's very hard to buy it. I know, it's expensive. It's, just, probably, you know, it's one of my favourite molecules. Methyl cinnamate is the molecule, and you you made me discover that, and I thank you for that. That's uh, incredible. What else is going on? Well, we think now is a good time to think about... The cupboard. And also, two things. The cupboard yes. and, and community. What lies we, behind we the cupboard, know? and where is my community? And, and community is such a, a huge thing at the moment, and we're discovering new ways to connect and new ways to, to share. You know, our, our daughter is chatting to her friends online and video calls, um, and is running a Stay Connected cocktail competition. So anyone out there can have a look and enter. So on Facebook, check out the Anthos Stay Collected cocktail competition. Mm. And it's basically people at home making drinks for fun. It's not serious. It's it's like just it. having a laugh. You still get to see a cocktail. And we've committed for the duration of the lockdown that we will be sending out a bottle of gin every single week to what we think is the funniest, best, most uplifting video posted every single week. It's open to anyone. You don't have to use our gin. Use any spirit you want. Make non-alcoholic cocktails. We, we don't care. Yeah. It's to make win, people smile. Sorry. You know? Yes. Well, it's made, though, you know? Sorry, I didn't to, say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's to make people smile. It's to, you know, keep us going because the biggest strength that we have is each other and working together and staying together. So I know we spoke about this earlier in the week, Cam, mm. but it might be time to bring back the punch. <gasps> yes. Yes. It, yeah, what? this is the the drink that existed before cocktails. Before the before the cocktail shaker was made, uh, invented. Also, and uh, just it has been reported. I don't know if you heard. I think I was uh, speaking about Matt McConnell was uh, in uh, from uh, Ballerina was picking up you know his takeaway containers from uh, uh, Chef's Hat, and he noticed that there was more than a couple couples who were buying cocktail shakers and martini glasses. So there's definitely people getting into that. But uh, well, we, we, we have to, because other than a few, you know, places like Beverly and Black Pearl doing sort of cocktails, takeaway and delivery, mm. you you got to make your own. Yeah, damn and right. And so one of the things I love about a punch is in some ways it's really, really simple. It's Can... put in some booze, put in some citrus, put in some sweet. Stand around it. Put in, put in some ice. Yeah. And it was originally a drink dedicated to groups and friendship and family gathering. So you would make a bowl of punch and everyone would have a cup. Yes. And, you know, there were rules like you're never allowed to fill your own glass. You have to have someone else fill it for you. And that once you begin a punch bowl, you know, you have to finish it together as, as a group. But it's a, you know, it's a commitment to see it through. Yes. And I think those are just such great thoughts for this time. And I know a lot of us are isolating in small family groups. So maybe a whole punch is maybe not what you need. And also the, the, for the children too. I mean, you don't want to be having the children fall over 
uh, a bit early. So yes, for the for the adults that are around, and uh, uh, and of course we have to mention that um, uh, exclusion things must happen, and uh, you should be family and no more than two people if you're not. But get you your That's... punch skills on, because yeah. in however many months when this is over and we get a whole bunch of friends to hang out, mm. we want to be able to be ready with our own personal punch recipes to make a great big bowl of it. So what I've been using at the moment, um, and this is to, to serve two, which is the two adults at our place, I've been putting in three shots of anthogen. I've been putting in two teaspoons of raspberry jam out of the cupboard, the juice of one lemon, and then I've been adding about 100 millilitres of water and just letting that stir and chill. Now, you can swap the water for green tea if you're into it. Wow. And the other thing we've been drinking is a, is a lot of Damiana tea, which is really relaxing and good for this time. What's, and that, again, whoa, 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 whoa. is beautiful as well. Damiana? Oh, it's a beautiful herb out of uh, South America. So it has this very herbaceous sort of sort of green, spicy vibe to it. We use it as a botanical in our goddess strength gin. Yes. Um, but it's, yeah, it's glorious and lovely as a tea. So it goes beautifully with a little bit of raspberry and citrus and gin in a punch. All right, uh, two things we're going to have to do. First of all, where do you get Damiana tea from? Um, you'd have to check out local sort of um, herb and herbal tea shops. How do you, you, how do you, you spell know, Damiana? D-A-M-I-A-N-A. Damiana. Okay, and then the other people, for all those other people that have just got the pen and the paper ready or have opened up a new note in their phone so that they can type this down, can you please repeat um, the proportions of your punch again? So it started off so with a couple shots a, of anther gin and or a gin. for two people, so three shots of gin. Three shots. Two large teaspoons of strawberry jam or raspberry jam, sorry, raspberry jam. Raspberry jam, yeah. Uh, the juice of one small lemon. yes. It's about 35, 40 ml lemon. Yeah. Um, and then 100 ml of either water or, or a beautiful green tea or a Damiana tea or, or another herbal or fruit tea that you've got at home. And then it might need a little extra sugar depending on your jam. Mm. And then just let it chill, serve with ice. You know, no shaking, just stir it up. Just a gentle stir to dissolve. Well, you know, and it's a really simple punch. And you know what? You can use any spirit. Yeah. Well, Whatever's in the cupboard. While we're while we're on the the thing of punches, um, a million years ago, actually it was seven because I just looked it up. Uh, we <laughs> did something at Queen's Hall, which was um, incredible. When we did uh, 150 years of Victorian history in five cocktails, I think it was called, and it was yeah, it was a glorious night. Um, but what was the punch that we had when we um, greeted people at the door? Because they all came in and they got a uh, it was an extraordinary punch that made even more extraordinary by the addition of buttered toast. <laughs> this is something called deviled ale. Deviled ale, that's uh, right. Um, it's fresh ginger, cayenne pepper, sugar, yes. beer, and buttered toast. And buttered toast. And it now, seems now we, so... we added gin out- to it because yes. we wanted to you know, give it a nod. But you, and you have to make it the day before. You, you know, the, the, the toast has to actually just sort of disintegrate. Yes, um, and then you have to strain it, you know, through muslin and take all of the, of the bits out. Now, we, we made this drink um, because I'd, I'd made it in New Orleans at a, at a seminar over there as a joke. It was a really old recipe. We thought this will never work. Yeah, but... And, oh, it's like liquid gingerbread. Oh, it's, it's delicious. Just <laughs> delicious. And 
So if if you looked on Google, do you reckon it would come up? Devildale? No. No. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. <laughs> the place to find it, if you look up English and Australian Cookery, published in 1864, there's, it, the, the Victorian Library has an online copy you can read. Yes. And they have a chapter on cocktails, and it has the original recipe for, for Devildale. Do you remember who wrote that book again? Um, it's... Uh, Edward Abbott. There we go, Edward Abbott, and he was a um, he had some interesting ideas about aristocracy, didn't he? <laughs> he certainly had some great did. recipes in there. I think yeah. so, his recipe for, for slippery jacks, which is a uh, kangaroo brains, and a good recipe for cooking them if you uh, if you happen to have some on hand. Well, when we were talking about going to the cupboard, thank God there's probably not going to be any of those in the cupboard. But uh, the strawberry jam can be put to some good use. Um, no doubt about that. Um, Seb, you were saying um, it'd be um, less, or it should be more than unfair if I didn't give you a chance to say where it will, can people send these videos to? How do they get them to you for uh, just to keep everybody uh, smiling and occupied? So on Facebook, mm. it is the if you search on Facebook for the ANSA Stay Connected Cocktail Competition and you know, join the group. It's open to everyone, not just the industry. Yep. And then you can watch, laugh, comment, or please, you know, upload a video of yourself making a ridiculous drink or having a laugh at home. Beautiful. Well, that sounds good. We've got about 30 seconds. What's on for the rest of the day? Oh, shit. I'm going to oh, put, <laughs> put some fluffy dumplings in. That's the, the uh, realisation as well, that we only have chocolate eggs, so I'm going to... Work a workaround for a dumpling recipe without eggs, but uh, not sure where that'll be just yet. But we'll we'll find a way. Wow, lots of luck with that one. But uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Um, there you go. Threw a cliche in. Seb, big hug to you, all the family. Always a pleasure to have can. a chat. We'll see Great. you later, Talk mate. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. 